Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, presented by HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and thank you for joining me tonight for the real NBA opening night. I know NBA opening night was last night, but tonight is pretty much the real opening. This is when a majority of the teams are actually playing tonight, and you can watch, legitimately could watch, you know, five full games in one evening if you uh, are a lunatic like I am and um, have multiple monitors open and one on your TV and just soak in as much NBA as humanly possible. And uh, th- that is basically what I le- ended up doing tonight, uh, checking out at least a handful of the games. And so tonight is really um, – we're going to be looking at uh, – only a handful of the games. I don't want to belabor on every single one of these games because I want you to get the most out of this podcast. And I want to make sure we aren't just going through each box score, even though the name of the podcast is watching the boxes. Uh, We will be watching the boxes for you. So you don't have to. And uh, we're going to bring up games that we think are interesting. And we are going to also be focusing on, you know, just surprising performances. Someone who maybe played good or bad. And uh, looking at people we are targeting after, you know, just one night, the sample size is as literally as small as it could possibly be for these teams. But we're going to be looking at the guys we are targeting, guys we're taking flyers on in standard leagues and deep leagues. But tonight, it's just me flying solo. Uh, maybe Tyler will join us later. No promises for everybody out there. But let's go ahead and get started with news, um, there is actually quite a bit of news here on opening night, and uh, I want to go over the fancy impact of some of the, the, the things that happened either tonight or over the evening uh, last night. Um, Bobby Portis and Nico Miritich, uh, as you probably already know if you listened to yesterday's podcast, end up getting in a fistfight, and there's been more information that came out that I'm still incredibly disappointed in the Bulls organization, at, per usual. Um, it's probably about as low as I've been on the organization in a very long time. But uh, Bobby Portis is only being suspended for eight games. And that might seem like not much because it seems like Nico Miritich expects to be out four to six weeks. So in standard leagues, I am dropping Nico Miritich. I am moving on. I am taking a flyer on somebody either tonight or tomorrow night or over the next uh, couple weeks. Because I just don't want to wait around four to six weeks for Nico to come back. It's a it's a face fracture. He had to have surgery. And if you remember when Rose um, broke his face, he actually had blurry vision for like most of the rest of the season. As it was healing, he had to wear that mask, which probably threw off his shot a, even more. And on top of that, he was afraid of contact because he didn't want to break his face again. And I I I'm with. I'm with Rose on that. Like, I don't want to, if I broke my face, I wouldn't want to break my face again either. So a lot of these problems are going to, I think, appear with Nico once he comes back. I'm willing to give him a shot. I'm willing to pick him up um, and give him a flyer if I have, you know, some crap on the end of my bench uh, before Nico comes back. But my guess is uh, Larry Markin is going to be taking a lot of those minutes with Bobby Portis being suspended. And I actually think Larry Markin stays in the starting lineup, even after Bobby Portis gets back. Plus, you know, there's going to be animosity in the locker room. If you go up to somebody and 
punch them hard enough to knock them out and break their face, you're pretty much a scumbag. And the only thing I am getting out of, you know, the Bulls camp is that it was apparently a bit deserved. They were going back and forth. They were going at each other. Nico was, wasn't an innocent bystander in this. He was also escalating the situation. And I'm just hoping I'm thinking because it was only eight games, something was warranted for a punch to be thrown. I I still don't agree that a punch should have been thrown. And I still think it's a scum move. And I also think Bobby Portis isn't good enough to be uh, playing around with his career like that. So uh, the bulls in full, free fall at this point and they have a game tomorrow against toronto so that will be a real dumpster fire let's uh go on to the other news from tonight it looks like jermichael green rolled his ankle during the memphis game this evening and it he did not come back and play in this game he only played eight minutes and that opened up some playing time for someone I'm actually going to recommend taking a flyer on. And this might seem an early flyer. It might seem like a um, a little bit of a shot in the dark, but Dylan Brooks, a name that I don't think we've really talked about much at all, ended up playing 29 minutes, scoring 19 points with five rebounds, two assists, four steals, and two blocks. He also took two threes but didn't make any of them. I mean, that's a nine-category type of guy. And this team is so thin at multiple positions. And Brooks plays the three. And uh, James Ennis, he only played 19 minutes tonight. He was not effective, but uh, Dylan Brooks was. And it looks like Brandon Wright ended up getting a majority of the minutes at the four. And Brandon Wright had an okay night, 10 and four rebounds, two steals. I'm not running to pick him out in a standard league. But um, and also Car- uh, Carson Carson Parsons. That's not his name. That's a great name though, Carson Parsons. Chandler Parsons. He only played 15 minutes tonight too. So all those people who took a flyer with Chandler Parsons at the end of their draft. Um, I- I'm gonna go and reach out there. Probably a bad idea. Same with Tyreek Evans. 20 minutes tonight. Um, I have a lot more faith in Tyreek Evans being able to bounce back. Um, this is only one game. Sample size is low. But Dylan Brooks is, is going to be my very first uh, recommendation for someone to pick up, in a, even, in, even in standard leagues. In deeper leagues, like 100% pick up Dylan Brooks. Uh, he's got the tools to put a, a line together like he did tonight. That does not mean I'm, uh, I'm going to put any money on him in Vegas about him finishing in the top 100. But it, it does give me um, – makes me pause when I see someone be able to fill up a line like that, getting blocks and steals, and someone who – um, obviously shoots threes. I don't know if he's going to be a great three-point shooter, but like I said, Memphis is so thin, someone has to play. And I think Dylan Brooks has uh, just earned his spot on this team, whether he uh, wanted to or meant to or not. So standard league, it's worth taking a flyer on him. You should always be taking a flyer on people in the first two weeks. And so this is where uh, I'm going to go into my two-week diatribe. Number one rule in the first two weeks of fantasy basketball is do not panic. Do not panic. It is the single most likely way to uh, set yourself up for failure during your fantasy basketball season. The first two weeks, anything can happen. Uh, Anthony Davis could 
start off slow. He, uh, by the way, he did not. But uh, Anthony Davis can start out slow. Uh, some of your second round picks might start out slow. The Gordon Hayward thing, that, that, that's nothing to panic about. It's something that you got to address. But you cannot. You should not be panicking. You should not be bolt trading away um, someone because just because Gordon Hayward is probably going to be out for the rest of the season. You should be working the waiver wires, and so that's that's the number one thing to do. I think in the first two weeks is hit the waiver wires and hit the waiver wires hard. You should be grabbing guys who have one good game even, um, and you should always be able to have expendable players on the end of your bench and should always be able to take a shot on a waiver wire player because you could end up in best case scenarios, you end up with a top 70 top 50 player that you didn't even draft. And that's just going to add to your team. And at the, at the worst case scenario is that you get maybe a couple good starts, a couple bad starts, and then you drop that player for another hot hand and you move on with your life. That's the, that is why you should be hitting the waiver wires really hard all the time. But the first two weeks, it is the most important because that is where you find your gems. That is where you find guys like Robert Covington, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, one of my all-time pickups was Steph Curry, you know, a game into his rookie year. This is where you are going to make or break a season. And if you're in a keeper league, it might make or break your the next few years of your league. So hit the waiver wires hard. Um, Lesson number two for the, the, I guess, goal number two for the first two weeks is, is to exploit other people who are panicking. And so Chris Paul tweaked his leg. He did not play tonight in the in Houston's second game. He did not look that great in Houston's first game. Uh, Draymond Green tweaked his knee. He got an MRI. I haven't heard any news on whether uh, the from that MRI whether it was serious or not. And um, yeah, like the people who own those guys are going to be panicking. And the guy who owns Gordon Hayward, he's going to be panicking. And this is the perfect time to exploit those owners. They are thinking Chris Paul is terrible. Um, they're thinking maybe there's going to be lingering injuries all season. And you get to weigh this out too. You know, is, do you think Chris Paul's going to have lingering injuries all season? Well, he might have a couple other uh, – since he might only play like 70 games this season, but 70 games of Chris Paul is better than 80 games of Jeff Teague. And so if you can buy low on any players that uh, people are panicking on, it is this is the perfect time to do it because new, new owners, new people to fantasy basketball always panic in the first week because the majority of them are coming from fantasy football. And after one week, everybody panics and drops their players and all that stuff. And that's just not how basketball works. It is a larger sample size. So um, be uh, just aware of exploiting people who are panicking. Be aware of who might be panicking and and give it your best shot. And uh, number three is sell high. Like on the flip side of that, someone's going to get off to a really hot start on your team. I don't know if it's going to be Enos Cantor or – Swaggy P. Uh, I don't know why Swaggy P would be on your team, and I don't think Swaggy P is even worth a flyer in a standard league. Um, I think he can be. Swaggy P should be uh, someone you stream for three pointers. But like I said, if you think someone on if someone on your team is a huge Swaggy P fan, pick up Swaggy P and then trade him to that person. That will be fun. That's exploiting people's um, 
I guess it's not panic, but expectations. But in the first couple of weeks, a couple lower players are going to break out. They're or they're just going to be having a hot start. And this is probably the more difficult thing to figure out: is Devin Booker breaking out, or is he just having a hot start? Well, it depends. Everyone has a price, and would I trade Devin Booker for Aaron Gordon? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, maybe if I liked Aaron Gordon a little bit more, if it fit my team. But would I trade Aaron Gordon for Kawhi Leonard right now? Hell yeah. I would trade Devin Booker for Kawhi Leonard right now. Even though Kawhi is injured and he might not play the first couple weeks of the season, Kawhi Leonard is a top 10 player. He's going to be MVP candidate. So if you can sell high to people who are panicking, it's like a double threat. And that's, that is my advice for the first two weeks of the NBA season. So I hope you all, at, at the very least, take that away from tonight's podcast. Let's go on to other breaking news, uh, more just sad injury news. Jeremy Lin went down later in the Nets opener in Indianapolis, and uh, it did not look good. He um, It's actually a almost – shocking video not as shocking as the hayward situation but uh jeremy lynn goes down on uh, and just sits there and almost like shock and he gra- he starts grabbing his knee and he's just like i'm done um then he starts pounding the floor and um whenever that happens he had to be carried out whenever you see something like that it was not a contact uh, hit he just when he landed, he landed a little. It looks like he tweaked his knee. And I think, you know, uh, someone who's been battling with injuries like Jeremy Lin, he knows when something is serious. And um, my guess is this is going to be pretty serious. So I'm very sorry for all the uh, Jeremy Lin owners, but I'm more sorry for Jeremy Lin himself. Um, I hope he – it is nothing serious. I hope it's something that he can be back in, in a month or two. But that's – that's like best case scenario with how bad it looked with how bad he reacted. Um, maybe it's not that bad. So we will find out um, what happens with Jeremy Lin there, but uh, that does lead to minutes being open on this Nets team. And that also improves the value of D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell having a incredible beginning to his season and his um, stint in Brooklyn. And uh, now this is kind of uh, D'Angelo Russell's team. He had 30 points tonight with five assists, a steal. He took 22 shots, but hit four three-pointers. So a a very good night for D'Angelo Russell. And and sadly, Jeremy Lin was also having a very good night, 18 and four, um, shooting very well with a three. And D'Angelo Russell is going to get an uptick in usage, which means he is going to get an uptick in value. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to have a very um, good season, and this his increased usage is just going to help that. And uh, the Brooklyn-Indiana game is actually the game I wanted to talk about. It's one of my uh, fantasy most interesting fantasy games of the night, and uh, that's probably one of the segments we will be rolling with as we continue the season. This game ended Pacers- 140, Brooklyn 131. That is not, a, those are not typos. Um, I actually went out there and said, I'm pretty sure every team is going to average over 100 points this season, except for the Bulls. They are not, they are terrible and they are going to be really bad. But this game, 
I mean, everybody was shooting really well, but these both these teams are playing at a much higher pace than I thought they would, and um, I knew Brooklyn was going to play at a pretty high pace, but that is a good sign for teams who are going to be playing the Pacers and going to be playing the Nets because neither team plays defense. Both teams play at a high pace, so when um, your matchups are going against either the Nets or the Pacers, and that's something to look for when you're looking for matchups in a head-to-head, who-to-start type situation, uh, these teams are going to be very exploitable. And uh, that's a really good sign. So, so the reason I wanted to talk about this game uh, as one of the fantasy games of the night is simply because there's a lot going on with these teams and, and the rotations. And I, I just thought I found it a very interesting night. Um, there's a lot of players to talk about. So the Nets ended up starting Mozgov. Mozgov only played 14 minutes tonight. And actually Trevor Booker ended up playing 28 minutes. And Trevor Booker was 20 and 10. Um, seven for ten from the field, shooting seventy percent. So, Trevor Booker probably worth a flyer. I do not think Timothy Mozgov is, you know, just capable of playing NBA level basketball. And in even in standard leagues, if I'm if I need some points and rebounds, like Trevor Booker is not going to tear the the world apart. But if I'm in a little bit of a bigger league or in a deeper league, especially, I would be picking up Trevor Booker. The Jeremy Lin injury does open up minutes for someone on this team, but this team still has a, a plethora of guards that might fit into this role. Um, Alan Crabb, Spencer Dimwitty, and um, Carlos Levert. And when you're in a situation like this where you're just you know you're not terribly sure who's going to pick up these minutes, it's and it's usually a combination of the of the rotation it's just usually like everyone in the rotation gets a little bit of a bump in their minutes and it's not just one person but in this situation i'd rather take a flyer on Carlos Levert. and the reason is that because i, I think the nets have seen some flashes in Carlos Levert. he is only 23 and um he had a pretty good night tonight in 28 minutes he had 12 points, four assists, two steals, and a block, and a three-pointer. So across the board, he was kind of filling up the stats. Uh, Alan Crabb also had a pretty decent night, 12.7 rebounds, two steals, and an assist, and a block. So he, he he also filled up the stat line. I think they're going to kind of share the load. I think they're both going to get just more minutes. But if I had to take a flyer on one of the two, I'm, I'm taking it on Levert. In a standard league, I'm, I, I think there's probably better players on the waiver wire. Neither one of these guys terribly impressed me as a nine cap player, but in certain situations and the fact that they're going to be getting more minutes, I would keep an eye on both the, both crab and Levert on the Brooklyn nets simply because there has to be minutes to go around. Demari Carroll and uh, Hollis Jefferson both had uh, pretty solid nights. Uh, this game is going to be a little skewed because of the high scoring, but um, they both, you know, filled, filled up their stat lines, looked like they are standard league relevant um, Carroll still uh, taking a lot of shots, not hitting as many as he takes. Well, I guess that would mean he should a hundred percent. So that's not possible, but, um, both of them, they're all right. They're, I guess they're standard league relevant to me. They're almost uh, waiver wire. I'd rather have Hollis Jefferson. I think stand, he's standard league relevant simply because he could be a kind of a steals monster type of guy. Let's go over the Pacers though. Uh, Oladipo came out swinging and he, uh, Ended up tailing off in the second half. The Nets kind of tried to shut him down a little bit. Uh, I don't think they did a very good job, but um, 
Oladipo, 22 points, four steals, four assists, five rebounds, two three-pointers. He is going to, I think, have a, a breakout year simply because the Pacers don't have anyone to lead this team. And Oladipo is capable of leading a team, at least a bad team. <laughs> and so I think Oladipo is going to have a breakout year. I'm a fan of his. I um, am going to wait on him. I'm not going to try to sell him high unless I'm going to get some stud. But um, I'm keeping an eye on him. If I own Oladipo, I, I, I would consider selling him high maybe later in the season. But I'm going to see how good he could possibly get. Because if you remember a couple years ago, down the stretch for Orlando, he was in he was ranked in the top 20 over the last couple months of the season. And if he's that kind of player where he was normally being drafted later in the later rounds, if he becomes that kind of player, you're probably on your way to winning the league. Some of the other players, though, that I find interesting on the Pacers, some that we have talked about in the past. Um, Darren Collison. We actually liked Darren Collison quite a bit. Darren Collison had a monster night. 21 points, 11 assists, two steals, and three rebounds, plus one three-pointer. I would pick up Darren Collison. If he is available in any of your standard leagues, he should not be. Go pick him up right now. Uh, I'd pick him up over Dylan Brooks, that's for sure, but uh, I'm taking a flyer on Dylan Brooks, who was on Memphis, if you remember that from, you know, five minutes ago. Like, pay attention, guys. It wasn't that long ago when I was talking about Dylan Brooks. But Darren Collison, go pick him up in standard leagues. If he is not owned right now, go do that. Uh, Bog Dan Bogdanovich, and uh, make sure I'm saying that right. Oh, it's Bojan. See, I'm I'm gonna get my Bogdanoviches all screwed up. Bojan, which is not how you say it, because I am um Midwest and Eastern European names escape me. Though I do respect Eastern Europe, and I've been there within the last year, and it's a beautiful place, and I love the people there. So, do not take my brutal mispronunciation as disrespect to the fine people in Eastern Europe. Um, I just need someone from Eastern Europe to help me out. That's all. If you're from Eastern Europe and you're listening right now and you have um, some sort of guide or course that help me pronounce these names better, I, I will look into it. Um, but Bogdanovich had scored 14 points and had the infamous zeros across the board. Actually, he had one three. Dang it. Uh, he had zero blocks, zero steals, zero assists, zero rebounds. Um, that's amazing. And that's why I don't think he is Stanley League relevant. He might, you might want to stream him to get some points, but that's all he's good for. Uh, Miles Turner, 21 and 14 for blocks. He's going to be very good. And uh, Thaddeus Young, a, a guy people were not excited about. Um, fantasy, I guess, metrics people, analytics people really love Thaddeus Young. And, and some of us, um, I wouldn't call us experts, I'd call us analysts, um, were definitely snagging Thaddeus Young late in drafts because he's not a sexy name. He's not an interesting guy. He's not going to average a triple-double. And the average fan probably really never even heard of Thad, Thad, Thaddeus Young. And um, Thad Young had 17 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks with a 3-pointer. Thaddeus Young should be owned in all leagues. Stop kidding yourself. Um, stop pretending that Thaddeus Young isn't a standard league top 100 player. He is top 100 often, and he should be owned in your league. Go pick him up right this second. Not all of his games are going to look this good. In fact, Thad Young often gets off to really good starts. So pick him up if he's available. 
ride out that good start and then trade him to some sucker. That is probably, that is my advice for Thad Young. In deeper leagues, um, like I said, Crab or Levert should be owned. But um, on the Pacers, Corey Joseph, Lance Stevenson, and Dante Sabonis all got um, good minutes off the bench. And I think you kind of figured Lance Stevenson was going to get some run. The Pacers kind of, you know, love him. And Lance kind of demands uh, some playing time. He had 16 points and three assists, a steal and a block. You know, he did Lance things. He shot the ball a ton. Actually, he shot the ball somehow the most out of anyone on this team, even though he only played 24 minutes. That sounds like Lance, doesn't it? But, you know, he's going to score, and he's worth owning in deeper leagues. Corey Joseph is going to run the backup point there. He had a nice line across the board in deeper leagues, 11 points, four assists, two steals, a block, and three rebounds with a three. That's just a nice little line for your your deeper leagues. But uh, Dante Sabonis is actually kind of the more surprising guy. He was seven for seven for tonight with 16 points and seven rebounds. Sabonis probably should be owned in deeper leagues. I am not picking him up in standard leagues. I do not think the minutes are there. But do be aware, if there is ever injury on the Pacers, that Sabonis will probably get some more playing time. And it looks like he did play well in this Pacers offense. So that is uh, terrible news about Jeremy Lin, like I said. But uh, I want to move on to the next fantasy game of the evening. And uh, which which one are we going to do? I think it's going to be Miami, Orlando, you know? Uh, I like to do the games that aren't uh, – the fantasy games are not picked because they're the most exciting game that happened tonight. Um, I watched Washington Philly. It was great. Embiid was great. Beautiful Bob Covington, who obviously will probably get a shout-out during every episode. Uh, as uh, If you are a longtime listener, you know – uh, Bob, beautiful Bob's going to get a shout out in every episode. He hit seven three pointers tonight. All you sleeping on beautiful Bob, you are, uh, you are ignorant and you need to um, turn your wicked ways around and focus on the beauty that is Bob Covington. But we're not going to focus on that game because I assume most of you watched that game and it was a really fun game and Ben Simmons looks really good and Marco Fultz doesn't look that bad. He probably should be owned or at least at the bottom of a bench in standard leagues. Um, TJ McCollin, he he looked like he's not going to play that well. Uh, it's too early to tell for most of, the, uh, most of this stuff. So I'm not making any drastic moves. Like I've said, in the first two weeks, make no drastic moves, especially with your top 70 players. And... Really, I, I'm going to feel that team out. I'm going to continue to watch Philly. Um, Marcy Gortat had a really great night. Maybe he's not as bad as we thought he was going to be. If you got him later in drafts or he's available, pick him up. These are some of the things you should be looking for in these box scores. But I'm not going to focus on that game because you probably already saw that game. We're going to do tonight the Miami Heat versus the Orlando Magic, two teams I'm very interested in. Um, the Heat. I was most interested in because we came into this season not really knowing what their rotation was going to be. And tonight we found out they ended up starting um, Drogic, Dion Waiters, Richardson, Kelly Olenek at the four, and Hassan Whiteside at the five. Now, I'm not sure why they started Kelly at the four, but he only played 21 minutes tonight. So it doesn't look like it's not looking like it's a permanent um, setup for Kelly Olenek, but it also could have been because Kelly Olenek had to guard Aaron Gordon. 
it is pretty hard to guard Aaron Gordon. And so Hassan Whiteside obviously did Hassan Whiteside things, 26 and 22 rebounds. That's very, very silly. But Kelly Olenek, he hit a three. He had 10 points and three assists in deeper leagues. It is uh, definitely safe to own Kelly Olenek. I'm keeping an eye on him in standard leagues, but as sometimes Kelly Olenek can provide standard league value when he plays 30-plus minutes, but it didn't look like he got 30-plus minutes tonight. I'm more interested in this rotation when because you have James Johnson. You have Tyler Johnson. You have Justice Winslow. You have Wayne Ellington. You have Adebayo. You have Josh Richardson and Deion Wainers. All these guards who can play somewhere between the, the two and the three. And I didn't know what the Heat were going to do. And I, I actually don't think the Heat still know what they're going to do. But a distinct pattern definitely appeared. Uh, Waiters and Richardson getting the start and getting a bulk of the minutes. I'm not sure how long that's going to last. He did lose to the Orlando Magic, which is not a great sign. But um, we will see moving forward. I'm going to continue to keep an eye on the Heat. Um, James Johnson, in only 19 minutes, had 11 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, one steal and one block. That's a, a very good line for only playing 19 minutes. And he has the capability of being a kind of a fancy study. He was kind of a breakout from last year. And I think a lot of people drafted him thinking he was going to be a breakout this year, but 19 minutes, 19 minutes isn't good. And the fact that he is, coming off the bench and not even playing the most off the bench is a little worrisome. Uh, Kelly Olenek taking some of his minutes. I, I, I don't like the look of that. And um, also Justice Winslow being in the mix now. He just, If you remember, Winslow was injured most of last year. And um, really, he is going to take up the minutes of almost everybody on this team. Johnson, the other Johnson, Richardson, um, Winslow is someone that they think has um, a lot of potential and they want to get going. And he played 23 minutes tonight. He was a uh, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists and a steal. He's another guy who can kind of fill it up in nine cat leagues. And I'm going to keep an eye on him as well. And Tyler Johnson, another guy who was good last year. I don't think he's going to be good this year. So we're kind of seeing play out. What we thought would play out is that there would not be enough minutes to go around and everyone would play around 20 some minutes. Um, but the fact that Josh Richardson and Deion Waiters end up playing, you know, over 35 minutes is a good sign for both of their fantasy values moving forward. If you drafted either one of them, I would keep them for now and just see what happens. If you drafted Tyler Johnson or James Johnson, I would hold on to James Johnson. Tyler Johnson, I feel is going to be the person who hurts the worst in this situation. I'd maybe give it one more game and then let him go. Uh, sorry, Tyler Johnson. Bon, bon voyage to the waiver wire with you. Let's go over to the Orlando Magic, another team whose uh, rotation I was very interested in. And um, promising signs out of the Orlando Magic because Aaron Gordon actually played at the four tonight for 34 minutes. Can you believe it? Can you believe that there is a proper rotation in Orlando? And, and they won too, so you know they're not going to be messing around with this rotation hopefully for a while. Aaron Gordon did not shoot the ball very well, um, but stayed very active, 14 points, 
Five for six from free throw. That's always good to see. Hit a three-pointer, had nine rebounds, three assists, and two blocks. He is a breakout candidate, and I uh, did draft him in quite a few of my leagues, and I'm looking forward to playing him quite a bit. But actually, in better news, is uh, Nikola Vujovic. Vujovic played 32 minutes tonight. Bismack Biombo only played 16 minutes. The problem with Vujovic was the fact that he was playing less than 30 minutes a night last year, still putting up standard uh, fantasy value, but you always wanted like, oh, if he was playing like five more minutes, you know, he, he would be a much better player. Is this what's happening in Orlando right now? Um, after game one, kind of looks like it, uh, especially since Bismack played only 16 minutes. I'm not... 100% confident. I'm going to have to see what happens. Like I said, the sample size is so low right now. We just don't know what's going on. So um, keep an eye on this situation, but Vujovic could be more valuable if it looks like he's just going to be playing bulk 30 minutes. I would uh, continue to hold on to him. He ended up getting 19 points, 13 rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and an assist. And he shot three three-pointers. He shot three three-pointers. He missed all of them. But if Vujovic ends up getting um, an extra three, like one three a game or 0.83 a game, even um, he's going to have a, he's going to have a, a great fantasy year. And so I would keep an eye on him. I would maybe try to even move and see if I can position myself to an owner. I mean, after seeing a line like tonight, I don't think the owner's going to want to sell low, but if you can get Vujovic on, on the cheap, I would I, I would try to do it. I would try to move on him. Peyton Fournier and Ross uh, kind of rounded out the starting lineup here, and they all had pretty good games, and I, I was kind of uh, shocked to see Ross and... Um, Fournier actually, you know, scoring the ball in bulk. Terrence Ross getting rebounds and assists and steals, which is um, not normally like Terrence Ross. I, I think if Terrence Ross is available in a standard league, you might as well take a flyer on him. He is going to start for this team. Fournier um, has been prone to streaks where he looks very good. A couple of seasons ago, he looked like he was going to break out, and last season he kind of fell off. Um I mean, he's uh, if you're in a, a bigger league, obviously Fournier and Ross should both be owned. But um, yeah, in a standard league, I'm not excited about Fournier, even with this 23 point game tonight. Not excited about him at all. So I'm not picking him up if he's available in my standard league. Um, I might put Ross at the end of my bench. Um, I would stream Fournier, of course. That that makes perfect sense. The other two guys on this team that I was interested in is Jonathan Simmons. And um, the other John, Jonathan Isaac. And I want to see what kind of um, play, what kind of position they put these two guys in, the the two Johns. Um, If they were going to get into the game a lot, a little, uh, and how effective they would be uh, playing on the court. And Jonathan Simmons ended up playing 28 minutes tonight. So he looks like he is going to be the sixth man for this team which I find, um, I guess, a little bit interesting, but um, it does make sense. They are starting two guards. One of those guards is playing the three, so putting Simmons at the three makes kind of a lot of sense. He had 12 points and two rebounds, shooting 50%. Not a crazy exciting night, but in deeper leagues, I, he should be owned. The 
other John on this team, Jonathan Isaac, he only played 17 minutes, but 17 minutes is pretty good for a uh, rookie. That does mean that they kind of trust him to go out there and play against NBA talent. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he got 17 minutes. I'm hoping that does not mean they're going to try to sneak him in with Gordon. I hope they kind of separate those two um, since they both kind of play very similar roles on this team. But in 17 minutes, and this is why fantasy analysts um, got to have a big boner for Jonathan Isaac. In 17 minutes, he had eight rebounds and two blocks. Now, he only went two for three and scored four points, so that's not a ton. He did have three personal fouls, so that's a lot of fouls in 17 minutes. But it looks like he's going to be kind of – he's projected to be a fantasy stud. Eight rebounds and two blocks in 17 minutes is uh, obviously an incredibly small sample size, but it's something that's caught my eye. So in standard leagues, I'm keeping an eye on him just to see what happens there. And in deeper leagues, I'm taking a flyer on him because, you know, I think he could be pretty good. Obviously, in the long-term and keeper leagues, he he should definitely be on. So let's um, let's go to our, I guess we're going to call it the surprising performances of the night. And um, legitimately anything. And I've already talked about Bob Covington, so I'm not going to... Um, fall over myself about Bob Covington. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to fall over myself with a boogies seven block night. And um, I, I'm not going to dwell on things that are kind of obvious. Like your first round draft pick had a great night. Great. That's not a surprising performance to me. Surprising performance is either some guy out of nowhere who had a great night or a really good player having a bad night. And uh, I think we're going to try to focus on those just so we can give kind of a take on whether it's something that's going to be sustainable, whether it's something uh, if they're having a, if that unknown player had a good night or if it is something maybe not an unknown player, but maybe a lower um, drafted player had a good night or if a good player had a bad night, is this something to worry about? And uh, we're going to focus on that simply because, I think those are the things that people are interested in when it comes to fantasy. So let's start out with someone I was um, actually fairly surprised about, uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris started out the game on fire. I think he had like 17 points in like the first half or the first quarter even for Detroit. And he ended up finishing this game with 27 points, four three-pointers, 10 rebounds, and three assists, shooting 61%. Obviously, if Tobias Harris is not owned in your league, I, I would like to join your league immediately because you play with a bunch of morons. But Tobias Harris is always standard league relevant, but is he this good? Is he someone who's going to be dropping 27 and 10 tonight? I am not jumping on the Tobias Harris breakout bandwagon. Um, obviously, he's only... 25 years old, but it's been one game. Is he capable of breaking out at 25 years old? Yeah, it's rare, but it happens. And I'm interested in Tobias Harris now, at least watching his progress, seeing how he plays. But to me, Tobias Harris, I feel like we have a good feel for who he is. He does have a more of a... A role in Detroit's offense, it looked like, at least with the glimpses that I had of Detroit tonight when I tuned into the game 
uh, over some other games halftime. And Tobias Harris, you know, I, I've always kind of had a thing for him uh, back, ever since back in the Orlando days. I more think this is going to be a situation where he gets off to a really hot start and he's a perfect sell high candidate. He's going to look really, really good, and that's going to trick some new players and different owners. The fact that he's 25 does give me pause. It does make me go, eh, maybe I should hold on to him a little bit longer. But I would sell high on Tobias Harris, not after tonight, uh, unless you get a crazy offer or you can get someone really, really good for Tobias Harris. But, yeah, Tobias, I'm keeping an eye on him. I, uh, he is one of our surprising performances of the evening. I'd like to also give a special shout-out to Terry Rogier. Marcus Smart did, I, I think, uh, twist his ankle, but he did play on that twisted ankle, so I don't think it was anything terribly serious from what I have been reading on NBA Twitter. And um, against the freakiest Greek of them all, the Boston Celtics ended up losing, but Terry Rozier ended up playing 27 minutes off the off the bench. And... With Hayward's uh, departure, we were kind of wondering, like, okay, who's going to be the person who kind of steps in here? And, you know, there was kind of consensus. Well, Tatum, who was already starting, is probably going to definitely play a lot more. And Tatum had a good night. He played 37 minutes. And uh, he only had eight points, but he had nine rebounds, two assists, and a steal, which is pretty um, crazy for a guy his size. Jalen Brown, 18 points, five rebounds, three assists, two three-pointers. I think you should uh, – b- uh, both of those guys should be owned in standard leagues. But Terry Rozier, like I said, off the uh, bench, more of a facilitator than Marcus Smart is. And now the primary facilitator on the second team ended up having uh, – Rozier ended up having 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists, and two steals with three three-pointers. That is a lot of really good stat lines from – the um, kind of the outskirts, um, which well, I guess they're not so much the outskirts anymore because that team um, had to move a lot of pieces around to end up with Kyrie Irving. And now that um, now that Kyrie is, is kind of uh, running the team, he's going to need some people around him, and he's got a lot of young, young guys around him, and he's young himself. But – Terry Rozier caught my eye. I don't think I'm ready to own him in a standard league like I am Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum because I do not know if Rozier's place in the rotation is is always going to be 27 minutes a night. But he has piqued my interest with that stat line. And I guess that is why uh, he was untouchable um, for uh, the Boston Celtics for so, so long um, simply because everyone – was losing their minds about Terry Rozier, and and you know, it looks like he could be fairly legit. And um, if there's ever an injury, um, heaven forbid, on the on the Celtics with Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, I'd pick up Rozier instantly. But uh, right now, I'm only owning him in deeper leagues, and bigger leagues, anything above a 12 team league. In 12 team leagues, I'm streaming him. Uh, I don't think he's worth owning right now. If you have um, a crappy player on the end of your bench, well, pick Terry Rozier up. 
put him on the end of your bench. I'd rather have uh, Dylan Brooks, my third Dylan Brooks callback of the podcast. If you had Dylan Brooks in your drinking pool, please take a shot right now. Um, yeah, I would take a I take a shot on Terry Rozier. Why not put him on the end of your bench if you need a point guard? You're you're low on point guards. Why not? There's no reason not to. This is the time to be taking chances. The first two weeks of the season, always take a chance. The worst thing that happens is you drop them later that day. Who cares? So let's uh, let's see if we can find some disappointing performances tonight. That's always those are the tough ones, and um, you know. I think there's going to be quite a few disappointing um, with the sample size being so low, there's going to be quite a few disappointing performances here at the beginning of the season. And one that stands out to me is Drew Holiday. Drew, for some reason uh, in this Pelicans game, and uh, of which Boogie Cousins was um, aggressively amazing, and ended up, you know, just destroying people. And then Anthony Davis ended up destroying people as well. But Drew Holiday, who started, who played 39 minutes, went two for 11, four points, only uh, four assists, six rebounds, and one steal. That's um, a very disappointing line. And the fact that Drew Holiday is going to suffer once Rajon Rondo comes back. Not a great sign that, you know, this this period, this first month period where he should be um, kind of thriving and kind of solidifying his role as the number one playmaker, he did not do that tonight. Now, I think anyone who's ever played with Boogie Cousins, who just takes the ball and puts up uh, 21 shots, even though Anthony Davis put up 23 shots, there's just not a lot of, uh, there's just not a lot of room for Drew Holiday to maneuver on this team. It's not like they're, you know, I didn't watch a ton of game, but it's not like there's lots of plays being ran here. It's like, hey, Boogie Cousins and Anthony Davis are the most dominant big men in the, in the league. Let's just give them the ball and let them go to work. And since that works, I mean, I don't know if it does work. Memphis Grizzlies ended up beating them. So not not that great. But I'm I'm down on Drew Holiday. And I, I, I do – I am worried about this. I know I said don't panic – in the especially with this small of a sample size, but I am worried about Drew Holiday. I'm um, probably gonna. Well, all you can do, you never sell low, so all you can do is kind of hold on to him. Hopefully, he gets better, and hopefully, he has some really good games here upcoming, and then move him. I mean, I'm gonna have to trade Drew Holiday in the leagues that I own him whenever he ends up uh, having you know a week or two of good games. Because I just think Drew Holiday, when Rondo comes back, it's not sustainable. With the Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis situation, that's just not a good fit for Drew Holiday, even though he he got all his money. But also, that that's another factor. He just got all his money. Um, he's not playing for a contract right now. So a lot of uh, negatives with Drew Holiday's performance tonight. I will give a shout-out to Etwan Moore starting tonight, 34 minutes, uh, worth streaming in standard leagues worth owning in deeper leagues respect to the former bull Etwan Moore. Um, I, I, I like what I, I saw tonight. He's um, I've always liked Etwan Moore. I've always thought he's kind of a, 
always thought he was a pretty good player. Let's um, go out to another, I guess, surprising performance. Back to uh, Detroit with Avery Bradley. Let's um, let's go over to Detroit. What what was going on over here, Avery? Avery Bradley starting um, guard for the Detroit Pistons only played twenty three minutes. A little suspicious. Now they were beating the Hornets, uh, but I don't feel like they were beating the Hornets by enough for him to only play twenty three minutes. He was seven for ten with fifteen points, two rebounds, one assist. Pretty lackluster. Now, one of the things we did not like about Avery Bradley going into the season is his move to Detroit. One of the things that made Avery Bradley so good is his ability to get rebounds from a guard position. Well, as anyone has seen, Andre Drummond is one of the best rebounders in the league, and he sucks up all the rebounds. Combine that with Tobias Harris sucking up all the rebounds uh, that Drummond did not, and that's how you end up with two uh, two rebounds from Bradley. Also, this uh, offense is not the Boston offense. Reggie Jackson had eight assists tonight, which is pretty good for Reggie Jackson. Good for him. But the Boston offense had a lot of ball movement. And in the Detroit offense, Reggie Jackson runs runs everything. And I know that Isaiah kind of ran everything either, but there was just a lot more ball movement in Boston. Just trust me on that. Um. I was also a little worried that Langston Galloway got 25 minutes off the bench and played more than Avery Bradley. That is suspicious to me. I do not understand why that happened. Uh, Galloway, 16 points, four rebounds, three steals, three three-pointers. That's a very good night from him. And I just I just don't like the look of it. Another disappointing line was, um, uh, man, look at this guy. Stan, oh, Stinky Johnson over here. Stinky Johnson... 0 for 13, possibly a NBA record or at least uh, close to an, uh, at least a team record. But he played 40 minutes because he is a fairly good defender. He had four steals, which is something to to take note of, and four rebounds and, assist, and one assist. So you're going to look at this. People, the regular person, the regular fancy basketball person is going to look at this and go, 0 for 13. This guy sucks. And if you're in a deeper league, you might start seeing some drops. But if I'm in a deeper league and I see Stanley Johnson dropped, I'm picking him up. And this is why. He took 13 shots, which means he's kind of got a green light to shoot. It also means Charlotte was probably leaving him wide open to shoot, and he kept missing and missing and missing. The Detroit somehow won with someone on their team going over 13, which is quite frankly amazing. And especially against a team that's supposed to be a playoff team. So, Stanley Johnson is doing something that is keeping him on the court. And it's his defense, obviously. This means he's going to be a starter moving forward. He's going to play starters minutes moving forward. And eventually he's going to be better than 0 for 13. Maybe he never develops a great shot, a great three-point, whatever. But it's worth noting that he played 40 minutes. That's the stat that I'm most interested in here with Stanley Johnson. The four steals, that also interests me because I know Stanley Johnson can get good steals. Do I think he's Stanley League relevant? No, I do not, even though he is a starter. But 
in deeper leagues, if you see Stanley Johnson dropped, go pick him up because he is, this is a one game outlier that someone panicking and dropping someone who they think sucks, but they're dropping a starter. And if you're in a deeper league, every starter pretty much counts. And the fact that Stanley Johnson is a part of this offense will will be a better part of this offense at some point in the season, but can get good steals and steals are pretty hard to find that low on the waiver wire. Um, I, I think it's a great sign. So I, in a, like I said, in a standard league, I would go pick up Stanley Johnson. All right. So hmm, for the third segment this evening, and I think I kind of covered some of these, uh, I'm going to go with uh, some of our targets. Who am I targeting and who am I picking up in my leagues? Uh, like I said, deep league, Stanley Johnson. I just gave you one. Um, Jonathan Isaac is interested, interesting to me in bigger and in, in, in much bigger leagues. In just regular standard leagues, I like um, Dylan Brooks. If you had Dylan Brooks in the drinking pool, please drink. Um, I also liked uh, uh, Terry Rogier. As a flyer at the end of your bench, um, I think he's interesting. Hmm. DeJounte Murray played 25 minutes tonight. I would take a flyer on him as well. He is a um, playing close to starters minutes on a team that, uh, as a point guard, he had 16 points, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Um, and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is someone I'd take a flyer on um, in a regular league. He played 32 minutes tonight. If uh, Dylan Brooks is not available, I think I'd rather take a flyer on Dylan Brooks because of that situation in Memphis where, you know, someone needs to play and uh, and it looks like they're so, they're so shallow. Dylan Brooks is definitely going to play. Um, but also like, I mean, Kelly Oubre has proven himself that he can play and Dylan Brooks really is, is still questionable. And so, yeah, maybe uh, maybe take a flyer on Kelly Oubre if you don't want to take a flyer on Dylan Brooks. If you don't feel as comfortable with Dylan Brooks that I do, take a flyer on Kelly Oubre tonight, 32 minutes, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks, shooting 50% for the evening, um, and hitting three three-pointers. That is a fantastic line from Kelly Oubre. And, um, yeah, go go pick him up. I uh, take a flyer on him. This is the time to take chances and um, with with your waiver wires, not all, not tons of chances, but uh, with your waiver wire, and you might as well, you might as well do it. Let's um, real quick because I wanted to brag, and that is what I'm oh mostly good at is bragging. Um, Last night we talked about Clint Capella's bad start to this the first game of the season and how that was a factor of playing the Golden State Warriors and that they're playing Sacramento tonight. He'll probably uh, have to, uh, he'll probably go twenty and twenty and be very very dominant. And everybody who dropped uh, Capella on night one is going to feel like a real idiot. Well, they certainly are going to feel like a real idiot because he actually almost dropped twenty and twenty. Twenty two points. 17 rebounds, three steals and a block and an assist. 10 for 12. 10 for 12. Clint Capella, he's going to have a really good year, especially against teams that are bad. 
They just got done playing the best team maybe ever assembled. Swaggy P is 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 killing it on on this team. That's how good that team is. The Golden State Warriors are. So no wonder Clint, Clint Capella couldn't play against the 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 Warriors who run tonight against a Sacramento team who is not supposed to be very good. Clint Capella put up twenty two and seventeen. Very impressive. Eric Gordon, someone I uh, kind of mentioned, who had a very good night last night. Twenty five points tonight. Pick up Eric Gordon if he is uh, uh, sitting around in your standard leagues. Go pick up Eric Gordon right now. Small sample size. Last night we were talking about how P.J. Tucker, it's worth a flyer on him. Tonight, two for three, six points, two rebounds. Two of those shots that he made, the only two shots that he made, were three-pointers. So, uh, as Tyler mentioned, you know, he's going to be good for points and, and threes and rebounds, and that's it. Well, tonight, not a very good night. Clint Capella is having a better night. And that's good to know. You know, see what works, see what doesn't. And I'm going to go take a look over at the Kings um, box scores as well because the Kings interest me endlessly. Um, Scalabossier with a start with Zach Randolph uh, sitting out, not playing. And uh, Vince Carter coming off the bench, only playing 14 minutes. Very good signs for those people who drafted Buddy Heald or took a late round flyer on Scalabossier. Uh, for some reason, Scalabossier did not take a three-pointer tonight, which disappoints me greatly. But um, he was 12 for 10 with an assist. Five turnovers, that's pretty bad. But um, 12 and 10, is uh, sus- if that is sustainable, and he can start um, being a better, bigger part of this offense, Scalabossier could become a standard league-relevant player. He should be owned in all bigger leagues, any deep leagues he should definitely be owned. But, um, yeah, Scalabossier. One of my sleepers of this year, uh, someone I've taken in late rounds and in some of my bigger um, drafts, and I think he's going to pay off now when Zach Randolph comes back. Uh, we'll see how these minutes play out. I, I think Zach Randolph will play um, a lot more minutes than Vince Carter plays. And um, like I said, sample size is small. So don't get your hopes up, everybody, with any of this stuff. I will, though, say it is promising to see that George Hill played um, – 33 minutes, Buddy Heald played 33 minutes, took a ton of shots. Was uh, Buddy Heald had 19 points, 5 rebounds, and 4 assists. He was 8 for 17 with 3 three-pointers. So he also had 5 personal fouls. So that is interesting. Um, De'Aaron Fox only played 24 minutes compared to George Hill's 33. But De'Aaron Fox looked really good. I caught the in- tail end of this game. And... um. De'Aaron Fox looks like he's going to be really, really good. So if you're in a keeper league, uh, if you can snipe him out, I, I doubt you're going to because he had a pretty decent night. Um, he only played 24 minutes but took 15 shots and was 14 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. That's very, very good for 24 minutes. And um, one of my breakout candidates, um, Big Willie Stein, um, Chili Willie Stein, he – Took 15 shots. He was 10 for 15. 21 points, 10 rebounds, 3 blocks, and an assist from Chili Willie. I really like him this year. Chili Willie Stein is going to be very good. I, um, I'm i going to wait on him. I'm not going to try to sell high on, on Chili Willie. Let's uh, let's play this out. This, this team has to go somewhere, and the pure athleticism of Willie Stein is um, – is pretty impressive to see, and I saw him hit 
a couple mid-range jumpers. And I was confused. I was like, that can't be Willie Cauley-Stein. But it was. He was hitting mid-range jumpers. So his game is improving. I think he's got a lot of talent. And I also think he is part of the building blocks of the future of the Sacramento Kings. So I am holding on Willie Cauley-Stein even while he trends up. I am not going to try to sell high on him. So, yeah, I think that is it for this evening. Uh, We covered a lot of the um, major points of the night, but there is still a lot of fantasy to go. And this small sample size makes it hard to make definitive moves. So take my advice. Don't panic. Exploit people who are panicking. Hit the waiver wires hard. Take flyers on random guys you've never heard of, like Dylan Brooks. That is right. If you had Dylan Brooks in your shot pool, you are dead now. And don't be afraid to sell high on a guy who has a hot start. You got to balance hot starts versus breakouts, right? Eric Gordon, probably a hot start. Willie Cauley-Stein, I'm willing to take the chance this is a breakout and not a hot start. And the reason behind that is just age, previous performance, and future opportunity. And what I mean by that is Eric Gordon is still going to be buried on this bench. Eric Gordon has played a lot of minutes tonight because Chris Paul is injured. And he's still part of a rotation, even though he is going to play probably close to starters minutes or at least very solid bench minutes. He's still coming off the bench. And he we, we've seen what Eric and Gordon can do. He can hit threes at an incredible clip. But is he an all-around player? Not normally. He's been putting up better assists, better rebounds in the first couple games. But is he normally this good? No, I, I think this is just a hot start. And so I would sell him. I'd sell high on him. But Willie Collistein, on the other hand, he's young. He's got plenty of opportunity. He's the starting center moving forward on this uh, Sacramento Kings team. And Collistein looks like he could break out. 21 points, 10 rebounds, and three blocks. He's got talent. So um, that, that's why I say opportunity is also an important factor. When you're judging between selling high on someone who's breaking out versus some selling high on someone who is just having a hot streak. And uh, if you're selling someone who has a hot streak, you know, get someone of equal or uh, a little bit greater value. Fine. But everybody's got a price. Even guys who are breaking out, there's a selling point for them. And if you can, you know, get someone to pay a, a higher dollar for, a high dollar for Willie Colleystein. If you can get like Marcus Soul for Willie Colleystein, I would definitely do that. 100%. So I think that is it for the real opening NBA night. Thank you for joining me on this uh, solo expedition. Tyler will be, uh, I'm pretty sure, joining me next time. And um, we hope to, you will also. And if you like this podcast, you like what we've been providing over the off season and moving into the season, the number one thing you can do is rate us and review us on wherever you download podcasts, especially Apple iTunes, because I still think they um, like own the podcast world, I guess. But it, it will take probably less than a minute to click how many stars you want to rank. I suggest five. And write 
uh, gibberish letters or Mike sucks or we want to hear more Tyler or whatever you want to write in the review. I don't care, but five stars that that's what helps us. And those reviews help us get seen by more people, which helps us continue to provide this content and provide this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at watch the boxes. Hit me up with things you want to hear on this show, or if you have questions about your fancy league and um, I'm just happy the NBA is back. Good luck out there, everybody. Have a good one.